Hey, you're listening to the Winnipeg Music Project, where music making matters. I'm your host, Ashley Bienyage. Each episode features interviews with local music makers in hopes to connect the vibrant Winnipeg music scene with listeners like you. Through stories of songwriting, album releases, and touring, listen to the unique journeys of local artists who love what they do. Today's episode, I interviewed Nick Friesen, the bassist from Future Kids. Uh, we actually did this in a public library, so you can hear people scanning their books out. So if you're hearing voices and beeps, don't worry, you're not going crazy. It's just the library in the background, so just forewarning you. Um, but Nick and I, we actually talked about their upcoming album release, uh, which is November 21st at the Windsor Hotel. It's at 10 p.m. for only $10. I'll be there so you can come say hi and listen to some fantastic music. And actually, one of the songs they are playing on November 21st, I'm actually uh, airing right after the interview. So stay tuned for that. It's it's actually really good. So just hang out, enjoy the show, and yeah, enjoy. Okay, so I'll start by saying who you are and a little bit about yourself. Uh, my name is Nick Friesen, and I am the bass player and songwriter in a band called Future Kids. Um, you know, I've made music for a while, and I also make music videos and things like that, so I try to get on all sides of it. Cool. Awesome. So how long have you been playing in Future Kids? Uh, Future Kids just turned two years old uh, in October. <laughs> still, still a toddler. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. It's uh, just just learning to to run and hide and things like that. Mm-hmm. Um, no, Future Kids uh, started out. Uh, I decided to kill one band that I had called Merch Table Delight, and I said, you know what, the the band had basically broken up. But uh, Greg Hannick at the Graffiti Gallery had asked Merch Table to play a show, and so I kind of tricked two friends of mine into coming over to jam one night and I was like if this goes well there's a show that we can play uh if <laughs> no not pressure. yeah if not no pressure I'll play it like solo or something um but I just it was really important to me to to kill off that band with with a show and we decided halfway through that band or that show to turn it into future kids and so we we're like okay here's some merch table songs and here's some brand new songs and we decided we're future kids and so yeah, but I've been, I guess I've been playing bass and other instruments for about 10 years, but Future Kids is about two years old. Okay. This is the long answer. Um, that's okay. <laughs> um, and where does the name come from? Um, it's a weird thing to, to name a band because, especially a new band, you're figuring out the sound and things like that. And I was, you know, bouncing ideas back and forth in a Facebook message group and I, uh, my my wife, who was then my just my girlfriend, uh, I made some joke about you know having kids one day, and she's like, "Ugh, the idea of future kids makes me sick," oh. <laughs> or something like that, um, jokingly. Yeah. And I was like, "Future kids, that's a good name." And I kind of modeled a lot of the aesthetic, uh, not so much the sound, but more so the the look and the vibe uh, after the band Sonic Youth. Mm-hmm. Uh, Sonic Youth, Future Kids, kind of works in that vein. So, okay. uh, yeah. yeah. Um, so, when you are um, 
so you write most of the music mm. for this. Uh, how do you bring a song to to the um, band? Is it a completely finished, like you've already thought of every part? Or like, no, this is the melody line, and what do we, what do, we do with this? Um, uh, being the bass player, I'm, I'm very minimalist in my bass playing as well. You know, like I can keep the rhythm. I'm locked in with the drummer. Like he and I have been, we're the two consistent members of the band over the last two years. Mm -hmm. We kind of formed the band. And so I will bring something, I'll, I'll come in with some lyrics and I'll say, does anyone have, you know, we might jam a little bit okay. or we might, or I might say, hey, I've got this, this bass line and just start playing that. And then Ian will start playing drums and uh, Kaylee who plays Moog Synthesizer, she might, you know, be like, well, what notes are you playing and kind of riffing on that. Um, and Paul, the guitarist, he could start noodling on something. Or if it's one of Paul's songs, say he, he's like, hey, I've got this song. He might, he'll send me a demo. He'll just text it to me. Mm -hmm. Be like, I wrote this the other day. What do you think? And then I'll kind of get an idea of, you know, maybe how to flesh it out, how to quote unquote produce it okay. or something like that. And be like, okay, you know, we might start clean with just guitar and then Ian's drum should come in here and something like that. So. Mm -hmm. Cool. So do you start with a melody or? Um, yeah. I mean, like if it's, if, if, if Paul's got uh, a melody and some lyrics, you know, then the guitar part is there and the melody's there, and then we're just fleshing out that idea. Um, you know, I'm, I would say, like, I'm not very technical musically. Like, I'm more of the, I can write a song and I can play this simple bass line, and I might ask Kaylee or Paul to sing it. Like, mm -hmm. I did step back. Like, when we made our first EP last year, I sang all the songs. It was seven songs, and I said, you know what, this turned out a lot poppier than I thought it would and maybe we should bring in a singer like a front man like Michael Stipen you know mm -hmm. and uh, and we had brought in this guy Gareth Williams to sing on the record and I'd done some stuff with him before and we've been playing shows a lot and yeah it, you know he was he's just a gorgeous vocalist and a great songwriter in his own right and so yeah like Gareth would have a lot of, of melody ideas and stuff like that when he was bringing stuff to the table and then about a year ago um the guitarist Josh and Gareth the singer they decided to go and do their own thing mm -hmm. and then that allowed us to bring in Kaylee was kind of gonna come in anyway um, but yeah it's so it was this evolving thing for, for about the last year it's been that same lineup so okay yeah. nice. it's been, I guess it's been going good yeah so oh, yeah. <laughs> awesome um, are we going to ask about the songwriting like I I'm a songwriter and yeah. I have yeah. the hardest time especially if I have like a melody planned and I'm like I really like this melody and I'm, I'll try to write the lyrics that but they just can't get them to match like do you have any tips or do you well, how do you <laughs> how do you get around work are getting lyrics to work with a, a set melody that you yeah planned? that's the thing because like I say I'm not a very good singer so <laughs> like I I always joke that I don't know what notes are mm -hmm. you know like I literally if Paul's trying to show me something on guitar he'll say like okay play an E play it and I'll be like what 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 string and what dot <laughs> I, honestly, no. And I, you know what? I don't feel so bad because mm -hmm. I just watched that Kurt Cobain documentary montage of Heck, and on some lyrics he had notes like that written out. He didn't have notes. He had first string, third dot. Oh, and, really? And I was like, man, that makes me... And also, like, Jay Riotard's bass player did that same thing. He had, like, sticky notes 
on his bass and stuff like that. So I, I know I'm not the only one uh, that plays that way. And they're fairly um, successful. I mean, yeah, yeah. yeah Nirvana did all right. Yeah, they're okay. <laughs> uh, I think I've heard of them. Yeah, that's awesome. <laughs> yeah, like I'll I don't know. I write a song. I I write the lyrics, and then I might hand it off to Kaylee, and you know <coughs> she'll get she'll have a totally different way of delivering it than I would have ever done. Or if Paul and I sit down to hash it out, just the two of us, and he'll have, like, I, I, I can't add this one song, White Girl in a Wu-Tang Shirt, and in my head, the melody was just ripping off a Wilco melody, okay. and uh, this one song called Every Little Thing by Wilco, and I was like, yeah, it's in that vein, and so we played it like that, and then we super countrified it, and then we pulled it back, and then we popified it, and it went through all of these different incarnations before we figured out exactly what the melody was. Mm -hmm. um, so yeah, melody I think gets found in the collaborative process in our band anyway. Like I, I, I feel strong in my songwriting ability, but everything else, it's like I really lean on the rest of the band members. Okay. For that type of thing. So is super country like an official term? <laughs> um, I've never, I've never heard that before. That's, I don't know. So what does that mean? Like you. You just make it sound really, really country? Yeah. Well, I don't know. you got to figure out like what kind of a song it is, right? Like, I mean, we're not a country band mm -hmm. at all. But Paul, like one of the first songs that Paul brought to our group was called Americana. And it was just about his love of roots music. Like, I think he was listening to a lot of Billy Bragg or something at the time. Okay. And was just like, yeah, this is what I'm into. And so I think, and one of my, probably my favorite band is Wilco. And they mm -hmm. did start out like alt country. And... So I think that we've got, it's a very, we try to have a diverse sound. You know, it's, sure there's some pop songs and there's some, some that might have some twang, like maybe it's a country song, but it's not, it's it's a feature kid song that has a, a twang to it, or it's a feature kid song that's very loud and I'm playing with a big muff bass distortion pedal. Oh, okay. So yeah, like it's, it's, and there's a Riot Girl song and there's a, <laughs> You know, there's a Wolf Parade sounding song, and there's a, a Smashing Pumpkins sounding song, and there's an Eric's Trip sounding song. Like, there's just, awesome. you know, like stripped down. And, you know, there was when we were making the record, we were out at a cabin for a weekend, and we, uh, it started pouring rain, and I was like, we could just sit and wait this out. Or, and I handed Kaylee some lyrics that she'd never seen before, and I was like, you want to do something with this? And her and Paul just got on the microphone, and I started, you know, setting up mics. And I handed Ian uh, the camera, and I was like, "Take some, take some video of this. Like, this is going to be a totally spontaneous moment." And they just came up with this melody line. They recorded it three times through. Take number two is the one that's on the record. Oh wow! And like, we just mixed it live, and just the two of them singing into one microphone, Mike Paul's acoustic guitar. And it was very like you could hear the rain and the birds. Like the rain's just ending by the time we set up the mics. And so yeah, like you, you never know what's good. But I love. Some, some stuff is very organized and produced and other moments like that are just like yeah let's uh, that's so cool let's see how this happens and that's on the new yeah that's new. that's on the new record this is everything that's the last track on the it. last track oh yeah. that's awesome I can't wait to hear that so let's actually let's talk about this um, this new album when yeah. it, you're having your release yeah uh, the record will will come out on uh, November 20th on you know online <laughs> and uh, and maybe in some, you know, in some local stores and stuff like that. We don't have massive distribution across the country or anything. Uh, and then our album really shows November 21st at the Windsor Hotel, uh, where I've been lucky enough to play a few times, and it's one of my favorite venues in the city. Uh, it always sounds great. It's always a, you know, a good old dirty time. And uh, mm -hmm. some of our favorite uh, bands, some of our best friends are, are playing the show with us. 
Greek riots, uh, who are great. Aster, who is very like Julie Duaron, and um, Bunny, who is uh, it's Heather from Atlas, and uh, my friend Brittany, and they'll do like ukulele '90s girl band covers, oh. and they'll do like or they'll do comedy stuff like Garfunkel and Oates, like, and they have a backing band now called the Watership, okay, which is. Like, I just, I can't. It's too good. Uh, they're playing? Yeah, they're, they're all playing the show. Sounds so exciting. Yeah, wow. yeah. So, yeah, I'm, I'm excited to unleash this beast that we started kind of accidentally making back in March. Mm-hmm. It was just like... An accident? You mean... Well, like, when we made our first EP, we, were, we just set it to make some demos in my basement. And then when we started mixing it, we realized, hey, this could be something. And we put out the record last year and it... You know, it, it charted across the country, and you know, UMFM really helped out a lot with it, and CKUW, and a lot of other great people locally, and you know, other blogs and things like that. And we're like, wow, if we can, if we just made something in our basement, and we got it mastered properly, and things mm-hmm. like that. Um, but I say accidentally, we started making, we made that one, and accidentally we started this one because Paul had literally just had like two practices with us. And I was like, let's start demoing as we write these new songs. Okay. And so that was just in my basement back in March, and we did four songs, and two of those are on the record. And then we went out to the cabin. We were just going to have a band retreat back in June. Some bonding. Yeah, just yeah. bonding, hanging out, and we cranked out seven songs. No, yeah, no big deal. Yeah, yeah. And then, in a week? Uh, no, in, in two and a half days. Oh. We what? did seven songs at the cabin. Yeah. Oh, my God. That's uh, really impressive. <laughs> I'm lucky if I get a good song. Oh, an okay song in like a month. So <laughs> that's awesome. Well, we'd written them mostly, and then we went out and recorded them. And then in August, we did another session at a, at a jam space, which is just like, it's like a storage unit, actually, where a couple of, like, Greek Riots also have their jam space there, and I think mm-hmm. they recorded their EP there. Um, but, uh, yeah, so we did five more songs then. And then of the 16 that we had, we chose 13 and we asked uh, Jamie Sitar to master that, and he did our first EP. And he's like, like he's a Juno winner. He's a genius. Um, he's done a lot of records that I love by like Destroyer and You Say Party. Mm-hmm. And it's like, wow, like there's a guy in Winnipeg who is this talented and is willing to, you know, take uh, some time out of his schedule to to work on our stuff and to and he, you know, he'll he'll like everything that we post on Facebook too. And he's mm-hmm. just a real sweetheart. Um, so yeah, it's just. You find that good support system. <laughs> What's going on in the background? Someone's filing something. Yeah, really aggressively. <laughs> um, so that's, uh, that's really interesting. Um, how, what am I saying? Uh, with producing um, an album, um, I know I know a few songwriters and myself included. I don't know how to record and produce <laughs> my own stuff. And it's lucky that you know these people. How would you recommend people who maybe have like want to at least make some kind of EP to get their music out there to, to like start that process? Do you recommend they do it themselves or try for funding or? Yeah, it's a uh, like I say, it's interesting. I mean, I've been involved. I'm you know, and I won't talk too much about the other side of things, but I've been lucky enough to also be a journalist for a number of years and to mm-hmm. interview a lot of bands and to talk to a lot of people, and you know, I've. I've gotten to make music videos with some some really talented people and to just pick their brains mm-hmm. over the years. And I mean, I've always made very lo-fi recordings and they're mostly unlistenable. Um, but this was the first time in the last two years where we've really been like, 
you know, I was like, okay, let's rent some proper drum mics, let's learn how to record this and set up this makeshift studio and actually have it sound, you know, I mean, it doesn't, it doesn't sound like a, a big pop Katy Perry record type thing, but I think it holds its own, like, you know, it's that, uh, it can, you know, it's, it's as clean as, as anything else that's, that's on campus radio anyway. Mm -hmm. Um, but yeah, I definitely recommend if you want to write a song, write a song, you're a songwriter. Yeah. Great. If you want to record a song, great, you're a recording engineer. If you want to learn a certain way to engineer, great, go to mid-ocean and learn from Ryan McVeigh and, you know, do that process and you can be Micah Visser and record your own stuff and, you know, and record other people. And he, you yeah, can, he's good. You know, like he's fantastic. Mm -hmm. And, or, you know, you can, like, I'm, I'm not going to say I'm an expert in any way, but I know how to get sound levels and I know how to organize a recording session and I know how to, okay, let's track drums and bass and let's try to record live off the floor as much as we can. And mm -hmm. then we'll overdub the vocals and, you know, it's, it's a process and it doesn't, you know, always sound perfect, but you, you learn from your mistakes. And that was the beauty of doing three sessions was like, okay, well, I mucked that up the first time back in March and now I learned from that and now we're going up to this cabin and we can, you know, just really immerse ourselves in it and figure it out. And Ian, our drummer, he's been in bands for years. Like he's the most experienced, like he's, you know, open for Joel Plaskett and he's played a ton of shows and he's been in a lot of studios and he's worked with John Paul Peters and so he brings a lot of experience and, you know, every time I was recorded with anyone else, like Jeff Pattison at Home Street Recording, I would, uh, I feel like I'm like a jerk and dropping names. Like no, I'm just, I'm just trying to give people yeah. props yeah. in the city for the yeah. work that they do. Um, like I would sit there, I would supervise the mix, you know, and mm -hmm. I'd be like, I'd, I'd have my ideas, but I'd also just watch as they mixed mm -hmm. and try to figure out the process. Like, you know, I'm, I don't know, I, the next time I'd, I'd love to go in and, and apply for some kind of funding or go in with a real budget. But the problem, like, you'll see a lot of people release four-song EPs, right? Mm -hmm. Because they'll apply for a four-song EP budget or that's all they have because it costs. Say you want to work with someone like Michael Petkow-Falk or Rusty Mattias or whoever, you know, and it'll be $1,000 a song, right? Wow. That's what it's going to cost. Like, you're going to apply for a grant, you're going to go and get to do your single with Rusty, and it's going to sound phenomenal, and it's going to stand up against anything else on rock or pop radio, and it's going to sound slick. Um, but, you know, for for the for what it cost us to, to rent some drum mics and to get Jamie to master the record, like, that's what most people would be spending on just doing four songs, mm -hmm. you know, and instead we got 16 songs, and I mean, it might not sound at a certain level, but it's also like, what do you want to get out of it, right? Yeah. How do you want it to sound? If you want it to sound big and you want to compete and you want to tour and you want to play big festivals, then do that. Yeah. And work with those people and get those names mm -hmm. on the press release and things like that. But for the level that we're doing it at, which is we're a Winnipeg band and we're not a touring band, mm -hmm. I'm totally okay with, with making the record that we made. But, you know, the dream is to... You know, I'd love to go and work with Ian Blurton or Chad Van Galen or someone like yeah. one of those bands that I've loved for years that Keep produces. That would, like, I would love to. Yeah, but exactly. Right now, uh, yeah. yeah, but right now I'm totally fine, and I mean, mm -hmm. that's that's fine with me. So, before we started recording, you were mentioning how you 
like you have, you have like an adult job. How do you <laughs> how do you balance like a mortgage and real and a real job with um, writing music and everything? Like how do you find that balance? Um, you have a very supportive wife, <laughs> um, who was you know a music writer mm-hmm. as well, and who when she was. Uh, toddler bands used to jam in her basement and stuff like that um so you you find people that are very understanding and supportive i think that's job one um job two is just to make that time for it you know because it's very easy to to sweep that under under the rug and i've been in bands with people where it's like so you don't want to be the jerk and and get mad at somebody because they're like oh i gotta work or i gotta i'm in three other bands and i gotta take that gig or you know, whatever else comes up, it's like, oh, I forgot, or I've, I've been in those situations where it's just people are like, yeah, life happens, because that's the way it is, and because nobody's getting paid very much, if anything, mm-hmm. to play these shows, or, you know, you might sell three copies of your CD, great, you know, three people have my CD, but that's only $30 at most, and, yeah. and I spent, you know, that much just printing posters for the show (laughs) or whatever it is right (laughs) um so yeah you just you try to find that balance and i think that you know there'll be nights where like this week we didn't have practice because um ian was uh you know he had to work he was doing some zombie walk or whatever at uh at the the slip and slide or whatever it's called fun mountain i don't know like i don't know (laughs) so yeah like stuff comes up or like Yeah. yeah like another guy in the band Paul he's he's on a work business trip mm-hmm. for the next two days and he, he was like yeah can anyone come to this thing tonight and do this interview and Paul's like I'm in Saskatchewan like meeting with wheat farmers or whatever oh. like that's you know we all have yeah. and Kaylee plays soccer a few nights a week and so you just but you find that balance and you, you hope that people can mm-hmm. can get together and um, then when you do it's like nothing else matters other than what's in that room mm-hmm. and you're like wow like mm-hmm. there was nothing and now we have two new songs that's crazy in two hours you know like that's that's, awesome. that's a good feeling nice okay so the, the last like question I want to ask you um, since you started um, just being a performer or a musician in general what is the best advice that you've that someone has told you or that you've just kind of taken with you that you would be willing to share Ooh. um that's a tough one. I um, give me more than one thing too. Yeah, yeah. Um, I would just say like it's, and it's more so like maybe in like my my film background when because that's you know for a very long and I still make music videos and I still write stuff and I still like you know not as much anymore but I still consider myself a filmmaker and involved in the film community. Mm-hmm. Um, but whenever I would pick people's brains about you know how do you, you know, say you're a writer how do you how do you get your work out there? How do you? And every bit of feedback was always like, just find a group of people to work with, find your support system, and keep that group of people working on things together. You know, and I was very lucky. A few years ago, we had a bunch of us like quote unquote misfit bands were sitting around like the Island of Misfit Toys, and we're like, we're all playing shows together. Let's give it a name. And we, we did this thing called the No Label Collective. Mm-hmm. And it was a dozen or so bands and some very established people like Johnny Sizzle and some newcomers. And we were all just like, we didn't know what we were doing, but we figured if we gave it a group name, but is it a record label? Is it a, is it a co-op? Whatever it is, we're all together in this and we have each other's backs and we'll beat each other's shows and things like that. And that really made the difference. And for mm-hmm. a couple of years, like, you know, we put out 17 records and like barely three years and it was because 
you know, someone was sitting there being like, well, I've got this record and I don't know if I should put it out, or I've got these songs and I don't know if I can sing them, but everyone's just sitting there being like, yeah, put out your record, you know, put out these songs, or let's put out a compilation where we're all mm-hmm. sharing the wealth, you know, and awesome. things like that. So yeah, it's really just find a support system, find the right people, and, you know, whether or not you think you're a songwriter, you are, because you wrote a song. And I find even like, you know, I'm, I, I don't want to keep like dropping names, but I've been lucky enough to, I've done two music videos with Greg McPherson, who is an artist that I've loved since the 90s. Mm-hmm. And to to get the advanced copy of Greg's record to, to do the music video for him, and to be like, oh man, like I really love this record. And for him to just be like, oh really, thanks man. Like to have someone at his level just mm-hmm. being like, I'm just a guy writing yeah, songs so genuinely like and I hope people yeah. like them. Like that's just, it's like you realize like, hey, we're all just writing songs and we're all trying to get them out to people. And I'm not saying that my music is gonna be for everybody, but I'm writing songs that are from my guts and my heart. And I know that Paul and Kaylee and Ian are also writing songs from their personal experiences that really matter to them. And I think that that's what matters is, you know, you got out and played it or you put it down and recorded it and it's a, it's, it's a, a coaster on someone's coffee table or mm-hmm. whatever it is now, you know, and, and that's a, that was, that was such a tangent. Yeah, that's okay, <laughs> that was a good tangent. I wish I could ask you more, but we're running really short on time. Yeah. Um, so just tell me, oh, what's the song, the song that we're going to be listening to? Yeah, let's, uh, let's, let's play this song, uh, White Girl in a Wu-Tang Shirt. Okay. Uh, let's play this one and can I say something about it? Yeah, or, absolutely. Yeah? Um, yeah, it's uh, it is it's one of those songs where when we were forming the band, this is one of those songs that really came together, and it's a song that was very much just like kind of you write down a, a line of something someone says, like you're over here in a coffee shop, or you know you're walking along and someone says, you know, my favorite line is we were at, we were at a at the checkout and there was Philip Seymour Hoffman had just died and on the cover of the magazine Philip Seymour Hoffman R.I.P. And my wife goes, I feel like he dies every year. <laughs> and that's a line, in the, I feel as though he dies every year, mm-hmm. she said, is, is in that song. And I just love those moments. And yeah. I love pop culture references. And so for me, that's a nice snapshot of the last year and the band coming together. And it's one of my favorite songs on the record. Nice. Awesome. And it's going to be a song play at It'll, November 21st? We'll definitely play at November 21st at the Windsor Hotel awesome. uh, at 10 p.m. for $10. Come on out to our show. <laughs> yeah, come on down. Uh, we'd love to see you. <laughs> Great. All right. Thank you so much. Thanks for listening to this episode of the Winnipeg Music Project. For more on local music makers, follow us on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter. Music by Will and Art from Collector Studio, and a big thank you to UMFM for making this show possible.